Uh, can you imagine the shit Debussy would get if he was alive today? I don't know who that is. Classical composer, name spelled D-A-B-U-S-S-Y. Debussy. <laughs> can you imagine the shit he'd have to put up with? Happy Lent, everyone. That's right. It's the holy season of foregoing things for some reason. We here at Zero Credits very much celebrate Lent. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Abstention John. And together we're Henry and Abstention John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist and in order in order to protect the world from slip-ups. That's right. Uh, I know that everyone out there is talking about like, you know, it happens every year. Everyone you know, they say, Jesus what Christ. will I... What will I give up for Lent? You know, what will I eliminate? What will I abstain from? What will I remain celibate from? Other synonyms I for abstention. Oh no, what happened? Uh, so I just cracked open one of your pearl snaps and... Uh, I got bad news is- about those pearl snaps. And it's been sitting in the fridge undisturbed for months now. Months. You got married in October. It is now February. And it just literally exploded all over myself. A case of those pearl snaps at some point got dropped. And it's about a one in three chance that one of those pearl snaps explodes. I mean, it wasn't even open all the way. It was just cracked a little bit and I am drenched. Oh, I'm sorry about that. You got you got a bad one. You played Russian roulette and you lost. The funny thing is, it's the last one in my fridge. So good fucking riddance to you, pearl snap. I wish I was down to my last Pearl Snap. I'm just drinking a, a Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. One of my uh, last two, because I've been avoiding the Pearl Snaps for this very reason. Yeah, uh, so I am I think I'm going to, we're, we're going to pause. I'm going to wipe this up and then we can re- re- resume. And we're back with the show. Uh, we left off at uh, the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes, we we left when a beer exploded on my dear alcoholic friend Henry. I am. I don't have a problem. I just have a problem drinking. It's not a drinking problem. Yeah, it's a problem drinking. I understand. Uh, but everyone's talking about online. <laughs> back back to my belabored joke. Uh, everyone is talking about what am I going to abstain from this Lent? Uh, but I'm doing something a little bit different, Henry. Uh, I am engaging in what's called a Lenten elimination, which is I'm actually uh, eliminating all things and then slowly adding them back in over the 40 days and 40 nights of Lent. All right. So uh, we, we're a couple of days in now. So what has been added back into the rotation? Well, once again, I started removing everything. The first thing to come back was beer. Nice. And and drinking in general. You know, these categories can be kind of broad. Uh, let's see. How many days are we into Lent? Did Lent start on Monday or Sunday? It started on Wednesday. Oh, so we're six days into Lent. Okay, so let me come up with six things that I definitely did. Drinking was first. Uh, let my marriage was second. I was allowed to participate in my marriage. 
Wow, um, drinking came back before your marriage. Yikes. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, you know, if everyone did Lent perfectly, no one would do Lent. Uh, participating in my marriage. Third uh, was enjoying the comforts of living inside. Uh, that was a big one for me to come back. I thought I could hold out a little bit longer, but I just love, uh, you know, the indoors is a big thing for me. I have right. no comments you, about you know, like this. Uh, number four, number four thing to come back after the comforts of living indoors was stress, actually. Uh, so, oh, you allowed that back in. That didn't, it didn't force its way back in. Yeah, you know, life was getting a little boring, you know, without adversity. Um, I'm hoping as the 40 days and 40 nights come back, uh, I will elect to put happiness back in my life. But right now, the only thing I feel is stress. Uh, let's see. Number five was sweaters. Uh, I did forsake all clothing, uh, but I am allowed to wear sweaters now, uh, which is a, a definite plus. It makes uh, all these Zoom meetings easier, if you know what I mean. Work from work from home life. This damn pandemic, Cheeto in the White House. Uh, and of course, the fifth, I believe, no, the sixth, uh, the sixth thing that I brought back into my life was the use of doors. Okay, that's good. That compares well with being able to live indoors is uh, this the, the ability to close those indoors off from the outside elements. I, th- I feel like you're making good progress. Yeah, it was really tough because otherwise I had to I had to beg my wife to let me inside. Oh, um, like a like a like a like a Shabbat. Wait, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Like a vampire. <laughs> I had to oh, be invited okay. in. Uh, I had to be invited, couldn't open a door. Uh, and of course, today's uh, re, re, reinstitution of a normal behavior that was taken out by Lent is podcasting with my dear friend, Henry. Nice. I'm glad I finally made the list. Yeah, you made it pretty early. Obviously, the timing played a part. I do enjoy our conversations. Uh, I have not brought our friendship back. Uh, but for the purposes of podcasting, we will have a certain level of rapport, okay. uh, and then eventually our friendship may come back. <laughs> I've actually, unfortunately, set this thing up in that I can only do one per day, <laughs> so at the end of this, I can o- only have 40 things in my life. Until next Lent. Mm. Yes, uh, and, and then, you know, maybe our friendship can be next Lent. I got a lot of stuff for I need to get out of the way for my first Lenten elimination. Right, exactly. Uh, I just want to clear up one thing for our dear fans at home who might have gotten the wrong idea from some of the comments John previously said, because we get this question a lot on tour and uh, in that Q&A panels, but we are not friends outside of the show, and we never have been, and more importantly, we never will be. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, we could be friends, but we don't think that being friends would contribute much to the podcast. In fact, it's kind of a risk, you know, yeah. if we were, if we were friends, it could like flow through the podcast. What if something happened between us? We had some kind of tiff or beef. We or both ax to grind. We both respect each other in a professional manner. We both mm-hmm. get along at work. Yes. But you know, we just wouldn't choose to hang out with one another. We're just so different in our approaches to busting myths that we just, mm-hmm you know, we don't get along outside of that. Yeah. You know, we don't want it. We don't want to send the wrong message. I know it's easy to create parasocial relationships with people, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a big guy with a beret and a big mustache and you're a little manic guy who builds vending machines or whatever. Exactly. Yes. And we both wear glasses, but beyond that, the commonality ends. Oh, we get this question on tour a lot. Do we actually wear glasses? We do not. Yeah, that's again just for the show. Um, it just the, uh, the executives and the costumers who dress us thought the glasses made us look smarter, uh, which was good because uh, we do a lot of science stuff on the mm-hmm. show, and you, you want to. They wanted us to have credibility, even though we both came from the the movie effects industry. Yeah, we we both came from an industry uh, laden with freaks who famously. Uh, never wear glasses. It's all for the show. Once these microphones and cameras are off, the glasses come off and we never speak to each other. We never speak to each other. In fact, we throw our glasses at each other. It is sort of like a sign to sh- that, that, that demarks when the non-talking will begin. And sometimes we both throw our glasses at each other in such a way that we put on each other's glasses from across a room. 
Uh, and that's just lucky. Uh, it doesn't. We don't do that intentionally because that's like cute yeah, and friendshipy. But we it don't does want you sometimes. to. Yeah, don't read it too much into that. And uh, J- John, I have a question for you. Uh huh. Is this such a niche esoteric reference, and not to mention dated, that no one's going to get this? No, I think everybody's going to get it. I don't know about Gen Z. I don't think Gen Z is going to get this. Also, Gen Z's not listening. So <laughs> yeah, Gen Z is uh. Off doing, I don't know, more productive things. Morbius. Ah, they're doing. They're doing Morbius. <laughs> they're off morbing. They're morbing. They're. Uh, yeah. They're. They're watching uh, Morbius. You know, I almost fell into what I like to call. <laughs> what I like to call. Uh, what is a pernicious millennial thought trap? Oh no! Which is to say, our generation is. Um, uh, t- uh, terribly cucked in that uh, millennials, I think, are overly deferential to Gen Z, and we tend to have this like uh, through line of humor that says like uh, Gen Z's like doing important things, or they're like investing in high school, or making a million dollars on TikTok, or whatever. Uh, fuck that! All, all generations are about as productive as other generations, which is to say, I don't know, not much. I don't think Gen Z is doing anything better or worse than we are. They're just people with different cultural influences, and we're all uh, just as valid until we turn old and we take all the money and refuse to give it to anybody else. I don't know if you heard, but uh, the the, the current leading generation in uh, in score, mind you, is uh, they're enacting a, a strategy to destroy all the money when they die, leaving none for the rest of us, making them the all-time winners and the oh, rest of us the shit. all-time losers. So we're, we're actually going to lose when it co- becomes our turn to win. Damn it. Wow, we really should have thought about this. I don't know what to say. You know, sometimes you win. And we lose. Uh, that's a shame. I enjoyed having money. But you know what? It'll be fun to try out not having it for a while. Wow, that made me sound like a braggadocious rich <laughs> asshole. I'm used to having money. It might be exciting to live on the street. I'm like that. Um, <laughs> who's that uh, really cringy, awful guy who's all over the internet and like tells you to work twenty hours a day? It's like you know what? I wish I wish I was blessed to be born with nothing because that would just make me hustle harder. And he, meanwhile, his father gave him like a three million dollar wine business. This voice sounds vaguely like Samuel Elliott's. Is he Samuel Elliott? No, that's he actually is a very um uh, short whiny man. I think his name is like Gary V. Is this Andrew Tate? Uh no, Andrew Tate has a completely oh. indescribable, unimitatable uh accent and is also uh, in a Romanian prison. I I can't begin to describe the amount of people I just don't know the names of or their deals because I just, I don't run in those circles. I can tell you about nothing really. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I do want to be perfectly clear since this is a, a recorded medium. Are you not down with the manosphere? I don't know what that is. It sounds vaguely homoerotic though. No, 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 no. The, it's just the idea, you know, that men, Okay, homoerotic. Okay. Are different than women and, you know, better. Oh. Uh, Also, alpha males are definitely a thing, and sigma males are better, but don't be a beta male. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Manosphere? No, not familiar with it. It sounds vaguely homoerotic. No, I'm so into the the manosphere. Men going their own way. Actually, I am familiar with the subreddit MGTOW. Yeah, Men Going Their Own Way is an incredible subreddit to go to if you want to feel like the most palpable divorce energy uh, <laughs> it's you like ever imagine. It's like weaponized suppressed end cells where they don't even, you know, it's not about how they, they can't get laid. It's about becoming the best man they can be. I In, in some ways. And we could talk about the uh, uh, ongoing crisis. Of, See, that's how a beer should open. There's, we could talk about the ongoing crisis of masculinity, and in fact, the ongoing crisis 
uh, of the gender binary all you want, but we won't talk about that. No, uh, let's but move I, on. I do think there oh, okay. is an undercurrent in things like men going their own way. And even in like uh, really horrible uh, hustles and pyramid schemes, like Andrew Tate's Hustlers University, where there's this like underlying current of men just need other men to tell them they're doing a good job and to encourage them and to mentor them and to show them any amount of kindness. Yeah. Uh, that, that is what propels all of these things forward. Of course it gets built on all this like Sigma hustle grind set bullshit. Uh, but there is like a real genuine emotional core to this stuff that allows it to succeed. And maybe we should examine that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just to put what you're saying into better words, yeah, there's definitely a positive masculinity problem in in, in our society, and it stems for the fact that like there are no su- really good support groups for men because that's um, society has looked down on men supporting up other men, or like men needing to be supported because you're supposed to be strong and independent and a sigma male, or go your own way. You don't, you, you don't. You're not an alpha. You don't even need the pack, buddy, because you're the lead. That's a second beer. You said you're only going to drink one. This is a sparkling water. Okay, thank you. But yeah, no, a- absolutely. Yeah, there's a toxic masculinity problem that is fed into from the lack of positive masculinity outlets or support groups out there um, due to this generational societal views that we can't shake or break because look we just wanted our dads to love us and why didn't our dads love us the patriarchy has destroyed all of us yeah absolutely Uh, yeah it's not good it's a sword that cuts both genders and all of the genders in between (laughs) it 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 cuts everything and outside Uh, of those genders too the other genders get cut as well And it's important, I think, for us as two men with a platform to advocate for men encouraging other men. Uh, Henry, you're doing a great job, generally speaking. John, go fuck yourself. See, you can't even be genuine. This is why Andrew Tate is ascendant. Fuck yourself, John. This is is why Andrew Tate is ascendant. I don't need your fucking charity, man. Oh my god, it's such a Sigma grind set. I don't need your platitudes in your fucking handouts man i'm my own man i drink bull semen oh my god he's so cool he's gonna kidnap nancy pelosi i i get my testosterone straight from the source that's right another man oh no okay that's probably too uh, that's that's not helpful either that's hurtful stereotypes that don't need to be reinforced but yeah no absolutely john you're doing a great job uh you're doing the best you can with what you got and you know nobody can ask more than that buddy yeah no one can ask more than that you know there are areas where you could improve moving on fuck you Uh, dude (laughs) no genuinely you're doing a great job henry you're enough it is fuck you man it's actually genuinely very hard to not turn that into a joke for two reasons firstly we are on a a serially (laughs) insincere and jokey podcast and also the patriarchy yeah, and the fact that you can draw drive a manual, man, you throw that in my face every day. You know what really sucks? I have Achilles tendonitis right now, and it makes driving driving stick very tough. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, have you sought out the help of like a, a medical professional? I am putting my foot in a bag of ice every day John, uh, at the urging of a medical professional okay. who tomorrow morning is going to make me stand on a wobbly ball and throw lacrosse balls at me. All right, good. Okay. You, you are getting help because I mean, it, all of this stems from like men feeling like, oh, we can't need other people. But yeah, men don't go to the doctors until they're dying. Man, let me tell you, men, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, if you are afraid of asking for help, as I was for a long time, uh, I'm currently getting help in a lot of different directions. I'm trying, I'm, I got a, a real estate agent getting I mean, help that, there. That's mandatory. You can't buy a house on your own. 
I got I got multiple doctors helping me out. Oh, oh that's also mandatory. You can't do surgery on yourself. <laughs> it's illegal. And let me tell you, having people help you is great. Doing things yourself sucks. No, absolutely. For real. Like, unless it's like fixing something around the house, in which case my wife does it anyway, because she's more handy than me, then absolutely get help from other people. Yeah. You know, when you can fix like a little thing, but for man, just having people do stuff for you feels great. Yeah. Does anyone else struggle opening jars or is that just me? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it depends on the jar. I got these tiny little hands. I got got smaller hands than the the ex-president, the Cheeto that was in the White House. I got really small hands. How can we never talk about uh, the size of Biden's hands? I haven't even looked. Does Biden have small hands? Maybe they're normal. Maybe they're huge. Does Biden have (laughs) small hands? No, not the history behind the Donald Trump small hands. Why is that? Oh my god. His hands look normal. Actually, both of their hands look normal. They just look like fucking hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the Trump hand thing, there was a lot of, we don't have to get into this. There was a lot of really weird stuff about Donald Trump where people's own like insecurities and desires to strike at people with like ad hominem attacks really came to the surface. I'm like, there's enough shitty stuff about this guy that you don't need to say that he's gay and has small hands and is fat. Like that's not helpful masculinity. Yeah, and also a lot of people uh, did, like, weird theorizing about him, like, having a weird penis or something like, you know, when someone's a piece of shit, you can talk about the ways in which they're, like, actually a piece of shit, and you don't have to... I cannot believe in this episode of all episodes... You're defending Donald Trump's penis. I'm I'm defending the... And don't get me wrong, it's a bad body. (laughs) (laughs) But peak peak male performance or whatever the meme says. Yeah, I guess. Um, But man, I just didn't get it. We can move on. I feel like I've contributed nothing productive. Move on. Uh, So I actually have a topic that we should probably talk about because it's going to affect us very soon in our area. Um, John, are you familiar with a little entrepreneur turned uh failed comedian elon musk uh yeah i guess i'd call him an entrepreneur i mean he buys stuff and he says he invented yeah, it yeah. isn't isn't that yeah I like I feel like no, that's that's what that's they entrepreneurial do. and that entrepreneurs are largely parasites yeah exactly and we all know that elon musk opened up like a giga factory just a truck making facility <laughs> Yeah, he opened an epic bacon manufacturing facility in Texas. Right. Uh, near, uh, kind of toward the end of, uh, the end of Austin, basically in Bastrop. Uh-huh, yeah. But he called it Austin. Anyway. Uh, and you know, John, that they have plans, uh, that they have a, the, the boring company, as it is so called, has applied to be able to discharge up to 142 Wait, I can't read numbers. 142,500 gallons of treated wastewater per day into the Colorado River mm-hmm. downstream from Austin's Ladybird Lake. You know that, right? Yes, of course. I, uh, I keep getting summons for the meeting about it, but I have not been able to attend because I filed a complaint about it, as well, he- uh, hundreds of people did. I think it's time you start to mark your calendar, John, because the meeting has finally been set. Good. Yes. uh, March 21st. Ooh, misinformation. March 21st, uh, a meeting will be held in Bastrop, a public meeting for people to voice the concerns about Elon Musk's boring company's application to discharge wastewater into the Colorado River. Uh, good. I, uh, I hope everyone shows up to that and I would very much like to as well. Uh, yes. Because I don't know, Texas's water situation is not going in like a great direction and we need to protect the Colorado river. This should go without saying. 
Yeah, absolutely. The Colorado River, which is a uh, uh, like a an artery through Austin, it, it composes Lady Bird Lake, and I think either feeds into Lake Austin or feeds out of Lake Austin. What am I saying? Lake Travis. There's no Lake Austin. There's Town Lake, which is also Lady Bird Lake. Yeah, They're the same lake. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's also like not it, a lake. Uh, no, it's a river. But it's a huge recreational area. It, it the water is relatively clean and clear, especially when you get to like the Barton Creek area. Um, it deserves to remain as such. And not to mention, like, I think a lot of our drinking water might come from like Lake Travis, for instance. I just can't put myself in a position as a city official where I would give someone the okay to dump hundreds of thousands of gallons of wastewater into like the the most beautiful sustaining part of my city right because the only possible reason for giving that the okay is you want to continue the money that that business is somehow bringing into your city by i guess paying taxes well no no what do we gain this is the crazy thing yeah there, there are crazy tax incentives to get people like Elon Musk to bring their companies to Texas. It, I guess it creates jobs in some of the most toxic environments you could possibly want to work in. Uh, so you're right. We're not getting a lot of tax money from the boring company. And on top of that, instead of being grateful for the tax break and asking for no more concessions, uh, they're like, no, let us pollute your rivers and your lakes and your water that you you use to don't worry it's quote unquote treated yeah we're not taking the cheapest option possible to cut as much corner as as we possibly can for short term profits we would never do that as a company under the current uh system of capitalism i just don't get it because even if you like treated the water to a degree where it's like arguably safe to drink or whatever, which I'm sure that it isn't. I just don't understand the rationale for a city to be okay with that. Like, yeah, you're creating jobs, but they're not good jobs. Working in a Tesla gigafactory is not a good job by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't know, maybe if you worked at like a Nissan plant or something. Uh, I don't know, man. But is is it specifically... Like a the Gigafactory wouldn't be doing this; it would be the boring company, right? Uh, so it, it, it's there's some obfuscation here. I'm not saying that word right, but there's some there seems to be an attempt to distance the actual dumping of the wastewater to to the boring company. Uh, the company in question is called Gapped Bass yes. LLC. Uh, it is affiliated with the boring company and shares the same address. So uh, maybe uh, like a limited liability corporation created for the filing of the permit. It it could be. um, It's unclear what the Gapped Bass as a separately named company will do on the property other than maybe dump gallons and gallons of wastewater into the lake. Like, did they make... An entire limited liability corporation for the sole purpose of polluting the lake? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. If that seems nefarious to you, then maybe show up to the meeting and get informed. It's Uh, on March 21st. March 21st, uh, three weeks hence. Three weeks hence. And hope, you know, go get informed and show up and then also ultimately uh, be against it. Yeah, no matter what, be against the thing we don't like. Yeah, uh, so KXN sent out a reporter by the name of Tahira Rahman uh, to the Gapped Bass address at the Boring Company to ask why they'll need to dump that water. A spokesperson declined to comment on this story or provide any contact information for anyone else Great the company. Very forthcoming, very transparent. I love it. Yeah, I feel like I read I read a, a headline earlier that I did not read further into, 
Um, but I agree with now and I will reiterate now, uh, corporations have failed the social contract. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. If we're going to allow these these huge entities, these Tesla gigafactories, these boring companies, these Amazon warehouses to move into our our cities and our communities and take up resources, there should they should adhere to the common decency social contract that basically says we will not actively harm the people around us. Like you're getting these huge tax breaks. You're getting these concessions from the government. You should at least be polite to your neighbors and not fucking destroy everything. I mean, I I think that, yes, that, that is absolutely a, a meaningful insight, but I think the degree to which corporations have violated the social contract and for how long that has been the case is, is maybe being understated a little bit. Remember when Amazon was trying to build like a new headquarters and multiple cities were in the running to house that headquarters? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like New York, Chicago, all the major cities were in the running and they were all of course, like cow tailing, telling cow towing. What's the word? Uh, getting cucked out too. Uh, yeah, they, they were all bending over, giving certain concessions and things like that and promising this and that and clearing out land and doing a whole bunch of work to try to win the bid. Doing a bunch of insane shit to create jobs in, and to make their cities look better. But this is to a corporation that is meaningfully, materially, every day eroding the quality of life of the average American citizen and, in fact, citizens abroad. Like, Amazon has done almost irreparable harm to the American public. It's created the worst low quality jobs at an insane clip. Like there is going to be eventually in this country, like an entire sector of workers that just comprises people who work at Amazon fulfillment centers. Like they're, they're creating truly horrible jobs for these cities. They're destroying the planet with totally unrealistic logistic demands of aggressive shipping schedules. And everybody wants them in the city. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah there's it, no, there's no fight against any of this stuff. It's not like they just started violating the social contract. It's that they've been doing it baldly for decades and cities are still like, please, Amazon move to Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Oh, it'll create thousands of jobs for our community. And it's like thousands of jobs. Nobody wants because we yeah. all hear about, peeing in bottles and not no one having enough breaks and things like that it's like so why are we even why why, it's like trying to host the goddamn olympics there there's an idea in some religions that to be a good leader right to be a leader you're not judged solely by your accomplishments but you're judged by the lives of the people you lead and in fact i, I believe in these cultures it flows through to like ultimately uh outcomes of faith <laughs> like god will look down upon you kindly if you are a leader who leads his people to success if you're someone who leads a city you should try to make good jobs for people <laughs> Yes, you should absolutely. try to run a city where people can have jobs and have kids and feel safe. You shouldn't. It's like if there was a giant lion <laughs> that ran around eating people. But when it ate people, they technically counted as being employed. So you're like, please, lion, come to my city. <laughs> All the people you eat will look like they have a job. I think it, it's demon souls. The the first souls like uh, the 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 progenitor of the of the genre. That the main bad guy is this weird uh, eldritch like demon that feeds on the memories of the world around it. Like and it shows up and eats all the memories of the people, and it's up to you to defeat it. And and just you, you don't get the memories back, but at least it's gone. 
No, but okay, it's like this, yeah, this memory eldritch horror demon. And uh, just imagine that, okay, lumbering toward your city and uh, you being okay with it and wanting it to come. It just makes no sense. We live in a system where you're rewarded for having the eldritch monster in your city. Right. Right, I don't yeah. know, man. It's it's just so hard to pull back from this stuff, and so it's, yeah. it's especially tough considering how badly Austin has fallen for this stuff, especially under our previous mayor, whose name I totally forget. Uh, uh, Adler, Steve Adler, 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 yeah. Steve Adler. You said it. It's it's just a uh, it's just hard to imagine this city pulling back from its like uh, total subservience to corporate interests and out of state developers, but. I don't know. Maybe gaffed bass won't be able to dump their water in in the lake. Yeah. So show up to the meeting in Bastrop on March 21st. Uh, look for more details online. I do not have them for you, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, show up. Be, you know, polite and try to speak as, as well as you can if you get the opportunity to. And let's actually like fight this off if we can yeah go out there if you're not going to change shit at least feel like you're changing shit because it feels good it does i every time i vote i get a rush it's i'm I'm sticking it to the the corporate shills yeah every time i vote i'm like yeah that right in for rand paul's really gonna be (laughs) uh yeah that right in for kanye west is really gonna Uh, show them no this this was before his uh his alex jones interview for anyone who wants to cancel henry for liking hitler i was gonna make a joke but then he went to the hitler well so i guess i (laughs) can't That's the problem with, you know, this is a problem with, with Kanye's, uh, artistic career. And also a lot of jokes in general is you just can't really do anything after you bring up Hitler. Yeah, you really can't. No. I mean that Hitler will talk about a place where you could dump some wastewater. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Hitler. Certainly not well in my book. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little unwell, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> huh <laughs> that's a good one not very well as far as i'm concerned i get it i get the joke <laughs> a bit of a monster <laughs> i'm gonna move on uh-huh all right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no have you uh have you, are you aware have you seen this have you read this <laughs> what's happening <laughs> have you seen this uh-huh. have you read this are you aware of what's <laughs> happening <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, is was Gaffed Bass the only thing you had to talk about? No, I'm, I'm actually transitioning into a thing. Bye. <laughs> okay, th- throw it to me in almost exactly the same way one more time. Okay, have you heard this? Have you read this? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to it. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just trying to present it in just the dumbest way possible. Okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it better. Throw it to me one more time. <laughs> Have you heard this? What? <laughs> okay. Have you you've heard this? <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe I don't know if I've heard this. <laughs> okay. You know all these tech companies. They're doing this. Jesus thing. Christ. <laughs> What? All these tech companies. Uh-huh. Have you heard about them? <laughs> Some of them. You know how they're doing all these big layoffs? Yeah, I okay. do know that. Are you aware of that? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I, 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 I was part of them. Shit's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's not right. cool. <laughs> sure hope we're not going to talk about uh, Tesla or another no, no, no. Uh, Musk property again. Our, uh, our our story tonight comes from a little company you might be aware of. Have you heard about them? <laughs> call, call, called Salesforce. Oh, Salesforce. They have the little fox guy. Yeah, they might. I have no idea. They Did not own do... Slack? I think they do now. Their platform's not very good, but it seems like people get six-figure jobs by just knowing how to navigate their bad platform. I mean, yeah, that that's kind of the tech industry in a nutshell. Uh, so they had to lay off eight 
thousand employees last month. Jesus, uh, adding them, adding their their total to the pile, uh, the just the, the the gruesome pile of bodies that the tech industry have laid off in the past couple of months. Uh, but it's coming to light today that Salesforce has been reportedly paying Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry, what? $10 million a year to act as a creative advisor. Uh, what? Yes, uh, Salesforce, the tech company, has been paying actor Matthew McConaughey <laughs> $10 million a year despite having to lay off 8,000 employees last month. I can't talk about this, but a friend of mine who's dead now uh, told me uh, in person with with no uh, verifiable method of communication that they have some experience working for a company that pays Matthew McConaughey a whole bunch of money to show up and then fires a lot of people. Um, so that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Matthew McConaughey starred in an ad Salesforce ran during the 2022 Super Bowl. Per year? Uh, like, they're not just paying the him big for game. ad spots? Uh, apparently not. Boy, howdy. Uh, Salesforce reportedly agreed to pay Matt McConaughey $10 million a year to serve as, as its creative advisor and TV pitchman. The Wall Street Journal said Tuesday, citing people familiar with the arrangement. That's, uh, it's not a, gr- a good look, but I mean, yeah. I guess I wonder how many people at Salesforce in positions that are like, uh, like VP, C-suite, etc., are pulling in like tons of money that could have been used to keep people from being fired. I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I get that star power does a lot for the brand or whatever, but if it came down to it and I had to either slash the budget for influencers, let's say, even high profile influencers. Wow, I'm slurring. Even high profile influencers like Matthew McConaughey or let go 8,000 employees uh, who have served the company and like grunt work, even if it's just like the intern in the mailroom, I think I'm going to do the utilitarian thing and sacrifice the one to save the many. Yeah. Here's what I don't get that. Here's what I'm upset about. I don't think, and I don't understand Salesforce's strategy and business model all that well. But I don't know that anyone would see an ad for Salesforce with Matthew McConaughey in it and be like, you know what? Matthew McConaughey convinced me that this is the customer relationship management software my company needs. Like, I understand maybe if you're selling like consumer goods direct to uh, to to consumers that seeing a celebrity might make people think like oh I need that coffee or that shirt or whatever or that car. I just don't think it makes sense to be like Matthew McConaughey, you're the brand ambassador for this very specific <laughs> piece of software. Yeah, no. Okay, so yeah, th- this gets into something that I think a lot of people who will not retire are struggling with lately. Um, There is a difference between business to consumer advertising and business to business advertising. Absolutely. Yeah. And business to consumer advertising, celebrity endorsements actually have a track record of doing a lot of good Mm -hmm. and getting your name into the household sort of arena. Uh, because consumers, I don't know, are dumb. That's not true, but it's it's just, I don't know. I don't know why it works. We see it's, somebody attractive wearing sunglasses. We think we can be attractive if we wear those same sunglasses. Yeah, it's, it's because when consumers buy things, they're very rarely buying things for actual, like, stated measurable utility. They're buying them for the utility of the lives it could lead them to lead. Like, whenever you shop for something, you're shopping for a new life. 
Right. And if someone like you respect or think is funny or think is attractive is wearing sunglasses, it works because there's a part of you that's like, oh, well, if I buy those sunglasses, maybe some small part of me will be closer to the thing that I find aspirational. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it works on consumers because we aren't representing more anyone other than ourselves or our family usually. Like we're not Exactly, yeah. We're not the spokesperson for our community or our tribe. Us buying the sunglasses doesn't mean we have to buy sunglasses for everyone. Uh, the uh di- yeah. Yeah, the difference between that and business to business is that business to business is all about the bottom line. It's all about making your processes better. And the most important thing, not disrupting your normal revenue streams. Like there's a whole bunch, a myriad of factors that have to go into using one software over another, using one point of sale system over another. There's a reason why a lot of retail point of sale systems have been used for 20 or 30 years. That's because they fucking work. Yeah. Like no one's going into a budget meeting being like, okay, yes, let me sell you on this. We could switch to Salesforce. It'll cost us $645,000 a year. We'll have to rework a lot of our connections, collect data differently, change the way our sales team and our go-to-market teams do business. Yes. But did you see Matthew McConaughey in that one ad? No, it doesn't work like that at all. Yeah, yeah, usually when it comes to a switch like this, there's a cost business. Business? (laughs) <laughs> I really want to shorten benefit to Bennis. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cost benefit analysis. There, there's like, you know, loss leader things that there's like, these are the gaps. We're going to lose more than just the, the cost of the software because we're going to have to delay all of these shipments. Like there's so many factors that go into changing something like what Salesforce offers a celebrity endorsement on top of that isn't going to go the extra mile unless you get to meet them, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, once again, my friend who died uh, maybe worked for a company that did hang the promise of meeting Matthew McConaughey over people's heads. Allegedly. Allegedly. Once again, this was told to me by a friend who died. Yes, uh, long so, live. Wait, no, that's the. I opposite. actually never knew their name. Yeah, rest in peace, mysterious friend of John's, more of an acquaintance, really. Yeah, of, actually, a complete stranger of John's, who we didn't ever know the name of. Yes, but and we know he died because we saw it happen. Um, <laughs> and we but there gave- are no records of it because to respect his family, they didn't say anything about him dying. Yeah, we called the police and they said, oh, no, there's no problem here. He was like nothing. He was like nothing. He's like a nobody person. He it's wasn't like even he supposed even to be exist. in he wasn't the even area. Supposed to be in the area. He wasn't supposed to be around. <laughs> this is this is all good. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly what happened. Um, yeah, not me. Not yet. <laughs> Just to, just to be, if that wasn't clear. Yeah. So if you could meet Matthew McConaughey, uh, wait, no, if you switch to Salesforce, you might be able to meet Matthew McConaughey. I don't know. It just, it, it like, I get the big game sponsor about, oh, now more people know about your brand, but as a business to business brand, why does that matter to you? I will say it's not business to business, but there is some carry over here in that uh, you're all those crypto commercials with celebrities. Yes. That shit works. Um, kind of be. Bec- no, this is mean. You know, very famously, the like Nigerian prince emails or scam emails in general, for the most part, are written to be obvious. Yes. Yeah. 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 They they include spelling errors or logical fallacies on purpose yeah so the people you attract with them are guaranteed to be like very credulous people uh potentially very gullible people and if you have a crypto exchange if you have a bunch of celebrities presented you're already attracting people who are probably a little interested in getting into crypto to become rich 
hence a credulous person, and you're showing them celebrities, which kind of tends to seal the deal for uh, overly credulous consumers, I'm going to say that's a slam dunk. Boom. Uh, but trying to do the same thing for a business probably would not work. Yeah, the, the, there was a funny comparison uh, of the big game commercials from last year, which were all celebrity endorsements of various cryptocurrency companies, uh, usually with a tagline that was like, don't miss out or, you know, don't don't fall behind. And uh, this year there were zero of those mm-hmm. because the whole platform, everything has crashed. And it's kind of like, huh. So Larry David, who was in one of these commercials, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, well, <laughs> do, do you know what his thoughts are? I got paid. Doesn't matter. No, he sued FTX. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he sued FTX because he was in a commercial for them and then they lost all his money. Oh, wow. Well, that's yeah. hilarious. That is fucking hilarious and couldn't couldn't happen to a, a better person, I guess. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a, a better person. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, 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 crypto's funny. I don't know where else to go with that. But uh, let's go. Matthew McConaughey. I mean... <laughs> If we even, okay, hold on. I got some math here, maybe, if I can find it again. Okay. Oh, somebody wrote a very funny, somebody wrote a very funny letter from Matthew McConaughey. Should I, should I read it? Please. Dear friends. I can't do a Matthew McConaughey. Is it okay if I just do generic country? That's fine. Dear friends. (laughs) That's a good Matthew McConaughey. I am deeply sorry to hear about the recent layoffs at Salesforce. I know that losing a job can be a difficult and painful experience, and I want you to know that I understand the challenges and uncertainty that you are facing. As someone who has experienced setbacks and challenges in my own life, I know how important it is to stay positive and focused during times of adversity. I encourage you to take this as an opportunity to reflect on your goals, strengths, and passions, and to use this experience as a catalyst for growth and personal development. I understand that my $10 million contract with Salesforce may seem like a stark contrast to your current situation. However, I want to assure you that I am a committed I am committed to using my platform and influence to create positive change and support those who are facing hardships. I believe that we are all connected and that we have a responsibility to help one another and lift each other up. In that spirit of support and encouragement, I want to share with you something that's brought me joy and inspiration. The Lincoln Car. (laughs) I've been a long-time fan of the Lincoln brand, and I believe that their cars represent luxury, quality, and elegance. Perhaps you may find some comfort and inspiration in exploring their offerings as you navigate this difficult time. Please know that I am sending you my positive thoughts and energy, (laughs) and I believe in your resilience and strength. You will get through this, and you will emerge even stronger and more resilient than ever before. Sincerely, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I I will say, having uh, read half of Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, not far off prose-wise. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, It's surprisingly close. Matthew McConaughey, let me just say, I think it's very fascinating his, like, career turn because he was like a pretty bad actor. Well, he was a cult actor and then kind of a bad actor and then a pretty great actor. And now he seems to be cast in the public consciousness as this kind of like, um, like drawly wizened mystic, which I don't know is entirely earned. I now don't get me wrong. I think Matthew McConaughey is actually like a pretty good guy (laughs) in terms of like what I understand about him and the projects he funds. And I don't hold anything against him. I just don't know why we cast him in that role. Uh, And it does feel a little disingenuous of him to pursue that role, but I don't know. It's complicated Makana feelings. (laughs) His career is very interesting because like on one hand, you've got failure to launch, which was like a romantic comedy in like the late two thousands. And, on, and then he took like a 10 year hiatus, something like that. And then came back into Dallas Buyers Club and everyone's like, oh, he's a dramatic actor. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club. True detective. 
Yeah. And then what really sealed it, I think, was uh, when he did Interstellar and whispered the entire movie. And I think that's when people are like, this guy is wizened. He's like a shaman. He comes into your movie. He whispers and he leaves and boom, you got a best, a best hit. Bada bing. That's a good pepperoni right there. Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what everybody said. Uh, yeah, I, when people's, uh, like general thing kind of gets away from them and society casts them in a very specific role, uh, it's always, uh, it's always a little interesting to me. Once again, I don't hold any negativity for Matthew McConaughey. In fact, he has all my positive energy. Honestly, Uh, it's not, it's not his fault that he's getting paid $10 million by Salesforce. If anything, it's on the executives of Salesforce to, to do a priority, uh, analysis and just be like, okay, look. He's, you know, this contract served us well in the past, but I think it's time to break it. We've got, we've got f- people with families to save and McConaughey. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been led to believe will land on his feet. Yeah. He like a cat, he will land on his feet and he will be all right. All right. All right. But if you're Matthew McConaughey, you're making like millions upon millions of dollars a year. If some company I don't give a shit about is like, Hey man. We want to pay you $10 million a year to do maybe one ad. I'd be like, yeah, duh. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no way you say no to that Do you think someone called Matthew McConaughey three weeks ago and went, hey, man, Matt, I don't know how to tell (laughs) you this, but we're thinking about laying 8,000 people off. Maybe we're thinking uh, we'd cut your pay a little bit and maybe save, I don't know, 100, 200 of them. Uh, Matthew McConaughey would have said yes to that call. It's not. Oh, yeah, his absolutely. Fault. Yeah, it's not his fault at all. And I, I never even meant to uh, to to imply that if I did. And 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 the the satirical letter was just oh a, for sure a satire. Yeah, it was just yeah. for fun. I just think that people can get that way about news like this, and it's always important to remember at the heart of all it. No, the corporation was the evil one. Yeah, and honest to. So God, at the end of the day, when we take the mask off the villain of the Scooby-Doo episode, nine times out of ten, it was a businessman. Yes. You know, it. if only it weren't for Velma, we could learn <laughs> the lessons of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no words about Velma should be spoken on this podcast. I've already said too much. No, you know, maybe we should do a supplemental reading of Velma. Is that, is that no? I mean, I guess it is good in the season two. Oh, okay. If it, if it seems like it's going to keep getting seasons, no, I don't want this to be a spy racers thing. I just think Velma's supposed to have like really good writing, right? No, the worst writing you have ever seen in your entire life. From what I understand, Velma has writing such as, and I quote, I think human consciousness is a tragic misstep in evolution. We became too self-aware. Nature created an aspect of nature separate from itself. We are creatures that should not exist by natural law. We are things that labor under the illusion of having a self, an accretion of sensory experience and feeling programmed with total assurance that we are each somebody when in fact everybody is nobody. Maybe the honorable thing for a species to do is to to deny our programming. Stop reproducing. Walk hand in hand into extinction. One last midnight. Brothers and sisters opting out of a raw deal. That's Velma for you, ladies and gentlemen. That sounds like the most chat GPT thing I've ever heard. That's a quote from True Detective. Fake fan. Uh, I did sound familiar. I was so confused. I don't know fake why. Fake Makana fan. I'm more of a Woody Harrelson guy. <laughs> I'm more of a uh, horrible depictions of women guy myself, so I'm a big True Detective season one fan. Yeah, the it's women's really are irredeemable. E- like I remember liking that show so much, and I rewatched them. Like, wow, the, the like, women the hatred for women is palpable. They're either dead or they're sexy. <laughs> I saw this. Uh, I, I saw this thing that was like uh breaking bad fans in 2023 uh do you think that uh walter and jesse if they were non-binary would be psychically in love with each other or whatever uh breaking bad fans in 2006 women shouldn't vote (laughs) (laughs) 
A lot of th- Skyler received way more hate than she deserved. That's I for think sure. back to the Skyler days. I'm like, man, there was. I mean, I guess it's kind of no surprise. Once again, going back to the broken na- nature of masculinity, uh, it's kind of no surprise that uh, masculinity bifurcated in this really unfortunate way. Because like there was. So much, so much hate, and none of that got dealt with in a healthy way, and those people had to go somewhere. Oh, yeah, they went, I mean, gestures all around. (laughs) Gestures all around. Gestures to the the sweeping fields of America. (laughs) Oh, no, they're all out there. They're the children of the corn now, John. Oh, no. Were the children of the corn made of corn? No, they were simply psychic. That didn't and, you know, answer they, they any of my questions. They weren't in the corn all the time, but they did worship corn. Uh, the th- the thing behind the rose, I think they called it, like the corn rose. Oh, like rose of corn. Outlander, we have your woman. Never, I've never seen any of these. Supplement to reading Children of the Corn. Supplement to reading Velma. Which uh, supplement version? To reading Lincoln commercials. <laughs> this version of Children of the Corn is a supplement. Oh, the classic. The, the original. Okay. The one from the 70s or whatever. All right. So we're going to catch up. We're going to catch up. violence on it, though. So. Oh, okay. Well, we'll catch up on Spy Racers. I believe uh, I'm just going to do a quick check. Oh, no. Every time you say this, because at this point, I don't know that we're going to do a supplementary reading of Spy Racers, but every time you tell me there are more seasons, I get more and more depressed. All right. Uh, well, there are six seasons of Spy Racers. Cool. And it looks like the show has indeed ended. It ended two years ago. Wow. <laughs> okay. So we did one season. Uh, it was the most trying time of our lives. <laughs> Uh, not five years past. Hold yeah. on. You mean to tell me it had five seasons and ended two years ago Yeah, in a span of three years? Uh, the first episode was December 26, 2019. Uh, the final episode was December 17th, 2021. So absolutely yes. I I have a genuine idea for you. What is that, John? Do you want to watch the very last episode <laughs> of Spy Racers and do a supplemental reading on it and consider it done? Yes. All okay, right. Okay, done. We are, we are going to do a <laughs> <We're>, no context <laughs> watch. We will, five seasons will have passed. And, the, we, and we will we will based on watching an entire first season and then the last episode we will deliver our verdict and yes. i have to assume guess at what happened in the five intervening seasons yes yep the thrilling confu- confusion <laughs> the <Yeah>. thrilling <laughs> yes the thrilling conclusion to the spy racers series uh the supplemental reading uh, I, I let's sign this up next week Next week, supplemental reading, Spy Racers, the end. The end, yes. Uh, I'm sure no one will get confused at all and try to find <laughs> the other Spy Racers supplemental readings. But uh, yes. we, we should absolutely name it like we watched them all, like season six, <laughs> episode 21. <laughs> yes, the final episode of Spy Racers, supplemental reading coming to you next week. Um yeah, look forward to that. I know I am now super excited to see where this series has ended up. I am, uh, yeah, so excited. Love an episode that ends with a big surprise. Big, totally unplanned surprise. And I think to facilitate us to go, oh, Jesus, I think to facilitate <laughs> us. <laughs> Did you just spill a bunch of beer on yourself? Uh, no sparkling water. Oh, uh, God. I think to facilitate us getting to next week, you know how you fall asleep. You know how you fall asleep because you hope tomorrow will be better than today. Uh, oh, that's yikes. what we're doing with this podcast. We're putting it to sleep. 
uh, so that we can watch Spy Racers. And the only way to do that is with social media plugs. So, turns 360 degrees in his chair because he's throwing it to himself. If you want to reach us, you can do so on Elon Musk's 4,000 character hell site where his little pig-skinned body reigns supreme. That's right, twitter.com. You can send us a tweet to at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I believe my uh, co-host, co-host, Henry, knows what that stands for. Did you just question co-host after over 300-something episodes? I think you're the host and I'm the co-host. I thought we were both co-hosts. I don't know. I'll have to look at our articles of... No, I keep calling it articles of confederation. That's not what it is. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) And that's what that stands for. Okay, great. If you want to send us an email, we got a little bit of a snafu. That's right, a situation normal. All fucked up. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, shithead. Uh, We got a little bit of an email snafu. We really got to set up a meeting to talk about this DNS thing. But in the meantime, you can send us an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com we'll read it we'll see it i guarantee it we are on every podcast service except the ones who say that they have the rights to our show in perpetuity so we are on pod chaser good pods pod damn america pod damn america uh uh spotify um apple music that's a good one love tim cook so we're on all of those if you need to find another place to find us or if you need to tell a friend why would you tell a friend because when you tell a friend they will listen to the podcast we will see our numbers grow and climb we will get an inflated sense of self-importance we will divorce our loved ones we will move to the to the to the bahamas we will become Bahamanian despots, and we will die lonely and killed by mercenaries. That's right. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friends, and then yada, 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 we die. And from everyone here at the soon-to-be Multiple Houses Studios, we want to wish you... A happy week. Oh my god, double houses? B- bougie Hassan yeah. much? Yeah, I'm getting a second house. I don't know what, what Hassan, I don't know what that means, but I'll I'm getting a second house. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's important to drag people down, I think.